Hello, friends, and welcome to the very latest edition of the Selby Is Godcast. I am TJ Zuppi. He is Zach Meisel. We are from The Athletic Cleveland, and the holidays are over officially. Now we have to get back to work and do shit. I'm sorry. And we're in person. I get to see your face. <laughs> Again, I apologize. But you should be in a good mood. You had some good lunch prior to recording this podcast. This if you live on the Thursday. east side and you have a hankering for Chinese food, go to Pearl Asian Kitchen. It's in the Van Aken District. They're not paying me to say this, but they probably <laughs> should because I spend a lot of money there, even though I live nowhere near it. How many times a week do you suggest that we go eat there? Well, it's worked perfectly because we we had a group lunch there today. And, you know, Ryan Luce and I come here quite often. Now, once a month, maybe. Well, and you guys are neighbors. It makes sense. But we've like, do you, we've you trained you guys. You reach out your windows well, and shake hands. We've trained you guys so that anytime there's a get-together, you guys are the ones who suggest Pearl Asian Kitchen. I've never, once, I've never once suggested. Well, it's good. And I have no problem coming here. Now, it takes me an hour to get here. Well, you live in Cincinnati. Well, you know, I can't help that. It's just where I live, okay? Down in Stark County. So it's a little bit of a drive, but it's worth it for the hangout. And the food's really good. So I never suggest it, but I'm always willing to come. Now, you guys never come down. If I were to suggest somewhere in Canton to come eat, how come you guys never make that trip? That's really far away. Whatever. So it's the new year. It is. And it's the same New old Indians. Wait, wait, you missed. You could have went with the the surefire knock them dead New Year, same tribe. Yeah. And you didn't. You didn't make the reference. Not your New Year, new me. New Year, new team. No, it's the same. To be fair, team. no one has done anything. I cannot believe that Manny Machado and Bryce Harper are still out there. Like, for years we were saying, oh, these guys are going to get... 12 years, 400 million, there's going to be this huge bidding war, and it's... No. I mean, there's a few teams interested, but, like, this it, is slowing everything down. It seems like a lot of teams are are really interested, but the way you just kind of read these reports, it's like nobody really wants to go completely all in to start this giant bidding war. So they tip a toe in maybe a couple toes maybe one foot they let them know that they're interested but they the one thing none of these teams seemingly want to do is start driving up the price and start either bidding against yourself or, or creating a market that's bigger and you're talking about two generational type players that are 26 years old and are probably worth every penny that they're going to get paid over the length of this contract and instantly either one of those teams or either one of those players dropped on any team in the big leagues would make you closer to winning a world series than you were the day before and yet they're still out there they're so with each passing day is there a greater chance the indians sign bryce harper oh my god we're okay. still doing oh this. no 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 okay I, I we had a story today on the athletic and i presented three steps to the rest of the offseason um, I think we agree right now the Indians roster is is basically, yeah, like you can probably win the division and as long as people don't get hurt and you make the playoffs. And sure, technically it's a crapshoot and anything can happen, but like your roster is nowhere near as good as the Astros or the Yankees or the Red Sox. Do you agree with that? I agree, yeah. Okay. So That rotation helps. Yes, it, it does, it, but it, it, always, it, it didn't always... help this year no, or last year. It doesn't mean that it isn't. Uh, and you don't factor. need, but you don't need five good starters. Are you just gonna move Bauer to the bullpen again? <laughs> well, that worked out so well the last yeah. time. I mean, okay, so the, the roster, steps. the roster is not better today than it was at the beginning of the season. Right. So we'll n- step there. number one: 
If you can find a taker for Jason Kipnis, can I swear? Fucking do it, obviously. Like, no-brainer there, even if you have to attach something to him. If you can clear $14.5 million off the books for this year, $2.5 million buyout at the end of the year, you do it. Easy. And, and if it was so simple, they would have done it by now. But, like, they need... If, if Like, I would rather have... There's so many second basemen out there on the free agent market. And if it's Brian Dozier or DJ LeMahieu or Jed Lowry or Marwin Gonzalez even, some those guys are probably going to make less than Kipnis is making, and they're going to be better, most likely. So that's a no-brainer. Step two, figure out if you're trading Kluber or Bauer. We've talked about this ad nauseum. I, I don't... I think a I don't trade think, would have been made. I don't think they're getting what they exactly what they wanted. You can't and settle. They're doing what we yeah they're doing what they're, that we talked about. You can't settle for just the best offer that you get. It has to be the one that that is the can't miss, can't walk away from this one. So then, if they're not going to get what they want, uh, then or either way, like step three is you have to spend the money that you've saved. Yeah. Otherwise. What has this all why, been about? Why are you doing this? Um, That's what I come back to with the Kipnis thing. But yeah, sure. Move the money if you can. If you're not going to spend the money, and if you're just going to focus on guys that aren't making that much, that are stop gaps or maybe platoon-type players that you don't have to spend a lot of money on, I mean, sure, fine, but why did you do all of this? And, right. And if you're just moving Kipnis to move the money and you don't do anything with the money, then just freaking Kip, keep Kipnis. Why, or sell why, the team. <laughs> why would you go about trying to move him if you're not going to be able to reinvest that money? And it, it comes back to something that our uh, cohort at The Athletic, Ken Rosenthal, wrote today. And that's that according to rival teams, people that he's talked to within the industry, they've the way they view the Indians offseason is that they've targeted many, how was it phrased? Cheap fillers? Yeah, something to that effect to kind of sort out the roster, the rest of the roster. And if if it is the most simple form of that, it's really disappointing considering everything that we've talked about this offseason uh... and the need to reinvest. There is a another reason why they could be doing it, and it's, it's just me playing devil's advocate against myself and trying to think about stop it man just trying to think about the reasons why they're doing the things that they're doing i've said this many times now on the podcast and you've echoed it too it everything that they've done this offseason has felt like it's geared towards some end game that is not a, we're not aware of right now correct but at some point you're gonna have to get to the to the table and make a move and you can't not spend that money and have created all this flexibility and then just have that go to waste. That would be a completely wasted opportunity. And that would be very, very um, deserving of all the criticism, all the feedback, sure. all of the people that are lined up outside Progressive Field with their pitchforks ready to attack. All of that would make sense if they've moved all of this money, they've created financial wiggle room, and they haven't gone out and spent in a market that you would think would benefit teams that are trying to spend money right now. Yeah, I told everybody to meet outside of Progressive Field, I think March 28th at 9 a.m. with their pitchforks. I said I would bring the donuts, and then our editor said, pitchforks and donuts sounds like a great band name. <laughs> I concur. But you're you're right. And, and What kind even... of donuts would you go with? Glazed? I mean, everyone probably can eat glazed. Krispy Kreme? I'm just thinking of the donuts. Do you like sprinkles? Type. I think you'd go no sprinkles. Can't afford them. 
<laughs> save a little money. <laughs> yeah. Try to spread out the donut usage. Okay, but, but you're right, and especially when you consider that you've got three years of Francisco Lindor left, and if you're just going to burn one of those, then what are you, what are you doing here? But two and things... I, and I don't think... By the way, I don't think that's what... I don't think it's just moving the money just to move the money and they don't spend it. That's been my position the whole offseason. Doesn't right. mean I'm not going to be wrong. And they're running out of time to prove me right about that belief. Right. Well, I was told from, I think it was in like the first weekend in November that, yeah, they're looking to shed some salary, but it's more so reallocating it. It's, it's not like they were trying to get the payroll from 140 to, to 80. And I get that they're not committing to a hard number either. I, I get that. Well, why and that, they haven't been, why but that leads we, me to another point. We, we've asked how many times about that? How many times yeah. have we attacked them uh, at the winter meetings, on conference calls, trying to nail down just some sort of sense of what sort of, of payroll they're going to have next year, and they're not giving us any clear-cut answer. In on their purpose. position, I would understand why they're doing that. So It's frustrating. Two things we know about the Indians. Number one, they don't leak much. Um it's it's intentional. It's it's the way they've always operated. Um, they don't they don't want people knowing what they're doing. I think. And number two is, if you were going to, I'm using this as an example. Don't yell at me. If you were going to be that mystery team and surprise people and make a bid for Bryce Harper, or even if AJ Pollock was in your sights, you would not want that to be public knowledge. Because then you're just driving up the price by everybody knowing that there's another bidder in the field. And I mean, it gets back to what I was talking about with even on the grander scale with Machado and Harper. A lot of teams not wanting to show that they're all invested in getting that guy. Maybe outside of the Phillies that are like, we have all this money, come right. take our money. And no one's taking the money. And so that's why I think when you, you read like, like Rosenthal had today where, yeah, they're interested in like cheap filler. Well... Then they, they, there is money to spend, and and you can't. All the cheap filler in the world is not going to round out this roster properly. You have so many holes that you have to get talent. Um, and that's why I think I, I still think they're up to something. I just don't know what. I mean, the cheap Price filler <laughs> makes sense if the reason why you're doing, you're trying to, the last uh, however many spots on your roster, the last four, three, four, five guys in your roster not making a lot of money because you're taking the rest of the money and investing it in one substantial player that creates a lot of value at one position. Sure. I understand that. And it makes sense. And and if that were my goal, if I were thinking that way, that's the way I would have to approach it with the rest of the roster would have to be, as it's been termed, cheap filler so that I can use all of the money on one guy. And if, again, if that's what they're doing, fine. But there's also another side of this, the more cynical side, which is that's just going to, the way they're going to fill out the roster and they're not going to have that massive commitment to any multi-year person of any degree. And they're just going to have to go into the season with some semblance of what they have in the outfield being the state that it is. And that's just not good enough. It's good enough to probably win the division, but it's not good enough to consider yourself a championship-caliber team with larger goals and aspirations. They already have cheap filler. Jordan Luplo, Tyler Naquin, Greg Allen, Dan Otero, Adam Simber, a bunch of other guys in the bullpen. That's all cheap filler. And you can rely on a couple of those guys to emerge because some guys will. I think Luplo has some potential. I still think Tyler Naquin can be a pretty good hitter against right-handed pitching. 
um, and, and a good defender in right field. I, I still believe in Adam Simber. But you can't have your season hinging on those guys. <laughs> you can't need every one of those guys to, to blossom. And, and so that's why there has to be more to this because the front office is smart enough and they've operated in the right fashion uh, frequently enough to make me believe there's something going on here. And if they want to keep that in the dark, that's probably in their best interest. I don't disagree with that. It, the the frustrating thing, I think, for us, and for fans too, I'm sure, is going the best way to go about your offseason and the thing that could blow up in their face both follow the same path right now. Right. So it's really it's been really difficult to get a, a read. I know, I'm sure you were peppered with questions throughout all your different various parties that you've been hitting up with family and friends. Same thing on this side where people want to know what's happening. And every day you kind of get a sense on maybe something. You know, last time we talked, I think both of us kind of felt there was a decent chance that they were going to move a starter. Sitting here today, I don't think the same way. Because, as you said, if if something would have popped up by now, they would have made that trade. And it just doesn't seem like the team is going to step up to give them what they want. So they're content to go into the season with the rotation the way that it is. And, okay, fine. But to this point, it's still it's still difficult to figure out what direction they're going to head in. And we look for little signs, we look for little indications, and occasionally we get sent a little nugget of information to maybe lead us down a path of one way or another. But there's just not enough definite right now to know what the direction is ultimately gonna be. And it's, it's frustrating for us, it's frustrating for people listening, because all of us, we wanna be able to attack something, we wanna be able to analyze something. And to this point, we still don't know outside of just sitting here being more patient, which of the many paths that they could lead themselves down it's going to ultimately be? We just don't know that right And the thing I keep coming back to is the impetus for this is, well, their attendance is, it is what it is. It's, it's plateaued around $2 million and their, high, their payroll is as high as it's ever been. And we don't know if they're raking in millions and millions and millions of dollars or if they're losing money. Whatever anyone says... There's no reason to believe it because we can't see the books. We don't know. But the decision has clearly been made. They're not increasing payroll. Um, and if attendance plays a part in that, well, what they've done so far this offseason certainly isn't going to help attendance. And yeah, you can have a really good regular season and win 100 games maybe. And it's going to take a long time for people to buy in. And given the last two postseasons... You gotta win a playoff series before people buy in. You can win the division again and and get to the playoffs, and no one's gonna just assume that you're a different team. That's just not how this works. So, right, you're not, you're not gonna hold on to 2016 forever. Yeah, I, mean, I, think and, it's, and, I think it's gone. And if attendance is part of the issue here, well, then what you've done has only hurt that, and and kind of furthered it. So, this kind of is. It's, it doesn't add up, and I don't know if it will add up by the time we get to the to opening day um, but they're given how slowly this offseason has evolved there is still time um, but they have a lot to do yeah lots okay. to figure out yeah no kidding I mean as we said we've, we've said this many times they have set themselves up to still have a very good offseason and because the market has been slowly playing out it's it's not the sand in the hourglass is running because you're getting closer to opening day but there's still a lot of sand left in that hourglass Teams are being very, <laughs> I, I think there are many ways to phrase it, but they're being very uh, 
careful with how they're spending their money, how they're allocating their resources. And that has frustrated some players, some agents, and probably even some fans too, that just see players out there that could help them, their teams. And why aren't you spending that money? All that I think is completely fair. I also hear where the front offices are coming from, and I know why they take the stance that they do, and I know why the Indians have gone about things the way that they have. I just don't want to see what has become a really, I think, good situation for them this offseason get wasted. And the closer we get to opening day, the closer that gets to becoming a reality. Yeah. All right, so we asked you guys to send us some questions, um, and we will answer some of them right now. At... Polish Thunder 31 says, why is the MLB rumor mill so doggone slow this year? And could that allow the Indians to grab someone at a discount a la Michael Bourne in 2013? Yeah, I think that's definitely possible. Sure. What if Mike Moustakis got like six million last year yeah. from Kansas City in March. I think that's partially why they're going about things the way that they are. That, mm-hmm. And it gets back to something I said a few weeks ago. To me, it looks like they want to set themselves up that if one of those situations falls into their lap, that they're prepared to pounce. It was a similar thing with Edwin. You know, we went into that offseason. None of us believed that they were going to make a splash the size of Edwin Encarnacion. In fact, I think Antonetti even said on the record for us not to expect that they were going to do anything major. Right. But the situation ended up playing out in a, a certain way that they changed maybe what they thought they were going to do. Or they maybe they had many different scenarios in their head, and this was a little bit further down the list, but then it emerged because it was something unforeseen. It does feel like they're holding on to their resources for that, but again, at some point, they're going to have to act on that, and they can't go into the season having not done anything with the flexibility that they've created. Yeah, there so that's a, not going to cut. There are a lot of guys out there, and a lot of guys who will stay out there until the big guys sign. That can only help the Indians. And, and I think, like, if you're the Indians, you don't want to just allocate $8 million right now to DJ LeMayhew when maybe things fall your way and you can get A.J. Pollock for below market value in a month. But yeah. you couldn't do that if you spent the $8 million on LeMayhew, for example. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, are you more or less confident of your Bryce Harper conspiracy theory? <laughs> the further we go in the offseason with Bryce unsigned and the Tribe not making other moves yet. But better question. That's from Tim Tedeschi. If the Indians could just offer Bryce a one-year deal, yeah, but you'd have to a one-year deal would have that's to be what I'm like sixty million. Mm, I don't think it would. I think it would be less than that. I think you could probably offer him somewhere in the thirties. But they have. It. Why wouldn't money he? isn't he would, an issue after this year? Uh, I'm. This is just a hypothetical. More so. Just, this isn't hypothetical. This is real life. Just Bryce Harper to Cleveland. Harper, how much could you offer him for one year that he would say, that's worth it, and I'll come back as a 27-year-old? Maybe even increase my value more. If you got Arenado, who else is a free agent? Uh, we do this every Anthony year. Anthony Rendon. You do this the in the draft. The year after that is Mike Trout. I mean. Every year in the freaking NFL draft. Oh, well, I don't like the quarterbacks this year, but look at next year. And then the next year rolls around. These guys all suck, but have you seen the quarterback class for next year? Well, this year it's awful. Dwayne <laughs> Haskins, and that's it. Uh, I thanks, Sashi. I think Shout out. I go back and forth on this every day. TJ is probably so sick of getting my texts. Where <laughs> one day I think of some conspiracy and I'm like, wait, I think this means the Indians might make a run at him. By no means do I think the Indians are going to sign Bryce Harper, but I think if as people we only knew about, the amount of thinking out loud we do in texts <laughs> back and forth, I do think 
like if you if if this wasn't the Indians and you're just like, hey, this team traded this guy and this guy and this guy and this guy and they saved twenty one and a half million dollars. They also signed one of their top line starting pitchers to a four year extension and like the evidence is there that they're trying to contend and they've saved a ton of money and it's not like they've been linked to five different relievers and infielders and outfielders like they've been linked to nobody which makes me think that like they're sitting in the weeds waiting to strike on something is it harper it's harper it's harper is it harper is it harper (laughs) but i don't i mean i guess i'm neither more or less confident (laughs) because i I, I think it's fun to talk about as a conspiracy theory. I don't think it's realistic. Well, it's fun to talk about different avenues that you can go about creating space to make it happen. Yeah, I also don't even know if it would be a good move. To, to wait, what? If you committed $30 million a year to him and then You're didn't saying, have money to fill okay. out the rest of your roster, okay, gotcha. I think if you signed him, you'd have to trade a starting pitcher. Or that would, Right. And I, I also think they'd have to trade Kipnis and to then sign Bryce Harper. A deal which incorporates a three-year opt-out, and then he can maybe walk in three years. The same year as Lindor. Yeah, then good you luck can... selling tickets after that. Well, I mean, you'll have taken three good shots at a World Series then, and then it'll be time to prepare for your rebuild. You'll still have some pieces that you could sell off, rebuild the farm system. I don't think the they Indians, want to do that though. The Indians are in a position because of the attendance being what it is. Yeah, they've they've been a 500 team and haven't even been a blip on the radar. So what happens when you just completely go the Cubs route? The Cubs could do it because the Cubs fan base is just nuts and love the Cubs no matter what. It's very similar to the Browns where people are going to be very invested. And if you're telling them you're going to go away and be terrible for four years, they'll still buy tickets because it's Wrigley Field and it's still awesome. It's still the Cubbies. And they could go about their rebuild that way. The Indians can't afford to have I don't think they seven want to. people show up to games for three years. They would be dangerously close to we need to move the team territory. Yeah, no, I, and I think that's part of why... They can't go about a full-scale rebuild. They're like trying. They want as many cracks as it, at it as possible. They don't want to go into that, alright, we'll be back in a few years. I think they're trying to remain yeah. at least competitive even in what should be a downturn. Um, Quincy Wheeler... Gives you four players and their steamer projections for home runs. Jake Bowers, 19 homers. Jordan Luplo, 15. That seems high. Carlos Santana, 24. Jason Kipnis, 16. He says, on a team in need of some additional power, which of these four do you think is most likely to exceed those projections? I think Kipnis could match that. I mean, hell, even in a bad year, his home run totals are pretty good last year. I would say Bowers. I think I would say Bowers, too. He's going to be your what, first Santana? base left fielder. 24. Yeah, that's pretty much on the nose. I would say... I think they need Bowers to be 25 to 30. Yeah, well... Doesn't he 30, have that potential? 30 would be people doing backflips. Yeah, but Somewhere like, in the 20 range. Eric Haas could hit 30 homers in today's day and age. <laughs> then why haven't they done that? Why aren't they running him out there as That's the why they traded Gomes. Uh, I will say Bowers in that situation. Any idea what kind of contract A.J. Pollock might get? This is from Bob Thomas. And is there any chance the Tribe signs him? I have no idea. His market is so perplexing. Well, the outfield market is tough because you have Harper, who's in Tier A. Pollock, I think, is in Tier B. And then a bunch of guys in Tier C. Tier B is... I mean, I. to be fair, I think it's Tier A and then Tier C. 
Okay. And Maybe then there's nobody in tier, and then tier G. But my point is... Is that a reference to something? No. There's one far and away best player. There is a second best player. And then there's a bunch of guys who I don't know for sure that they're better than what the Indians have. Like, is Adam Jones better than a Tyler Naquin, Jordan Luplo platoon? I, probably not. Only is Hunter name, Pence? Only in name recognition. Hunter right. Pence, no, no. You mean, no, that's... I, I, Nick Markakis? I, he had a really good first, first half, half last year and was not so good in the second half. Pollock makes sense because he is still a really good player. Not There was a time where he was maybe a notch below elite. There was some Salazar for Pollock talks. Uh, he is not that player anymore. He's not a plus-plus center fielder anymore. Still very good player who has a lot of offensive upside and very much an above-average hitter. And getting that from a center fielder is beneficial. There's also the injury concern with him that I'm sure has driven down his market and the fact that teams are still waiting to see what happens with Harper. I don't know what happens to Pollock. I really, I, I, I've struggled to figure out what that. Initially, I was thinking probably a four-year deal, mm-hmm. three with an. Option. I'm talking about the beginning of the offseason. Yeah, no. Now I'm thinking, is it two? Two. Is it? And, and if it is, then the Indians should absolutely be playing in that, in that realm. They're, they can't do maybe what some of the most interested teams could do. But if he fall, like if it's a, s- a similar situation to, it wouldn't be giving him what Bourne got, but if it's a similar situation to what happened with Michael Bourne, then yeah, I could see a situation where he falls into their lap. Like, would you do three for 45? Would you have to have it be two for 30 in an option year? Yeah, I, I don't think I could give him three straight guarantees. Uh, I, I would go two and maybe a vesting, something that he can a- obtain himself by just staying on the field. I think that makes sense. All right, at Janelle Pam asks for the... Is it Pan? Pam? Asks for the... You can help with this whole Pam, Pan thing. Oddest friendship slash pairing in the clubhouse. Two come to mind for me, both involving Jose Ramirez. (laughs) When Mike Napoli was here that year, they played cards every day. And then when Jay Bruce got traded to the Indians. I'll never forget when we were in Minnesota and Jose, what was he doing? He was like, he had a bat in his hand or something and he... He, like, injured himself. Or, no, he, he – I think he got hit by a pitch, and he, like, went down to the ground in a game, and Jay Bruce was, like, mocking him. This was in Detroit, I believe. Didn't he get hit in, in Minneapolis? The, in the elbow? Or yeah. Minneapolis, right. He got hit in the, uh, the elbow. And Jay Bruce, who had been traded to the team less than a week earlier, is mocking him. And I'm like, this guy, they, they barely speak the same language, and Jay Bruce is already making fun of this guy who's <laughs> having an incredible season. And that, that kind of showed – like Jay Bruce was a really, really good presence in that clubhouse, and Jose Ramirez can get along with anybody. Yeah, so Jose and anybody is essentially yeah. uh, seeing him torment Edwin on a daily basis was <laughs> was among the favorite things to watch, or how he like Ed, uh, Eric Gonzalez would be on the phone and Ramirez would go over and start spinning him in his chair and trying to knock him out of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> that's Jose just does that with anybody, so I think that's an easy one. As far as current, like, current setup, I don't know, because the, the clubhouse is going to be so different next year. I don't know. There'll be some new alliances isn't the right word, but new alliances formed, new friendships formed. Yeah, we see, like, Bauer, Clevenger, and Bieber are pretty close. Yeah. Kluber lost all his buddies, Brantley, Tomlin. That old guard. Yeah, I, 
no, nothing pops to mind now as far as being an odd pairing. No. But Bauer and anyone it? or Ramirez and anyone? <laughs> Initially, Bauer and Salazar was an interesting... Uh, a few years ago, they were really pretty... Yeah. They kind of formed a nice bond. And then <laughs> when you had Bauer and Carrasco making the baseballs every day, it was such a, a fun thing every night. But I, I don't know. I, I, I got nothing. No, no current setup comes to mind. All right, Matt Goodwin asks, what's the likelihood the front office comes to Lindor with a new multi-year extension offer instead of pursuing free agents with the $21 million in savings? I've tried to think of how they could... Why... If there's anything they could be doing now that links to somehow moving money around to make a, another Lindor offer. I think that ship has sailed. And I worth. keep coming back to my original thought, why would Lindor do it? What's right. in it for Lindor? Other players, it makes sense because they they desire the stability. Even Jose Ramirez, when you come out of essentially nowhere mm-hmm. to grab that sort of stardom, and the first chance you get to earn some legitimate money, something uh, something that's guaranteed in your hand now. Carrasco, same way. You know, he had his health scares in the past and just loved being in the organization. Didn't want to leave. For Lindor, he's gotten money through endorsements. He's gotten money where he was drafted. Um, he's in a really good spot where he doesn't need the guarantee. And he right. knows that when he goes to free agency, he's going to cash in big time. The only thing he has to worry about is an injury. It's the only thing that's standing in his way. Yeah. And like you said, even if he got injured, he, he... he's still making money. Right. Uh, what's John Mitra asks, what's going on with Cody Allen? We know he isn't coming back here, but what's he going to get? And when are Sparks going to fly with free agency? I, you know, I've been surprised. I thought Andrew Miller and David Robertson might have been able to get a little bit more or at least get that third year guaranteed. Um, and it's leading me to believe Cody Allen is going to have to settle for a one-year deal, I think. And at like $7 million, would you take a flyer on that? In a someone in a, someone in, in, in a vacuum, yes. In a vacuum, yes. But not then they wouldn't leave you not money know, for Bryce Harper? Not knowing what the Indians' eventual endgame is, I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, I don't know what that is. If it's just spend the money or don't, yeah, absolutely. I think that's worth that sort of flyer. But if it's going to mean I don't get Bryce Harper now, oh wait, no, wait, that's not true because that's not happening. But if it if it keeps you from getting AJ Pollock and something else, I, I th- that's where it's all kind of linked together. Yeah, there are a ton of free agent relievers who could help them. Cody Allen might be one. I don't know. Um, he might want to change his scenery too. I know he's comfortable here, but it's it would be a little weird if he came back and like. You know, Brad Hand is the guy now, yeah. and we don't know if Cody Allen still has bullets left in that arm. So it's not like they can just be like, all right, Cody, you're the eighth inning guy, or, or you're the, the second most reliable sure. reliever. You don't know that. Right. Um, but who knows? I, I do think it'll be interesting to see because it seems like the middle, that there's like a glut of relievers underneath the Kimbrel, Robertson, Miller echelon. And none of those guys have signed yet. And I'm very curious to see where, like, I don't know. They can't go about this this route the same way they did last right. time. They need another, nothing is ever guaranteed when it comes to relievers, but something a lot closer to a guarantee. Mm-hmm. At least one. I'm thinking two. Yeah, two. 
And what'd you bring back? Ollie Perez? I don't know. I mean, look, he's not going to be what he was last year. Of course not. And then I don't know if... Do you, it, I think to me it boils down to, are you more confident? Who, who would be better, him or Tyler Olsen? It's close. It's a coin flip, right? Yeah. So why spend... Well, I mean, you're going to... Because Hand is probably just going to pitch the ninth more often than not. Yeah, but now you only have... I think... should I still... Think, I think Leverage it, him, right? I think they're going to... I think you're going to see, in the playoffs, perhaps, still bounce around a little bit. But the reason why... Because that power closing. The reason why they did that with Andrew Miller was why? Because they had Cody Allen. Right. Right now they have Brad Hand, and that's it. Danny Salazar. <laughs> yes, they do have Danny what Salazar. What a mess. This roster is a freaking mess. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying you're not going to be patient now? I just I I I mean I wrote it today. They have a ton to do yes. and a lot to prove. Yes. And and you know what's I amazing? Know. I can see a scenario where a lot of the guys that they're going to be counting on have incredible years. I I can see Danny Salazar sure becoming a lights out multi-inning guy out of the bullpen. I can see a scenario where that happens. Could also see him not throwing a pitch but all year. There is a lot of unknown there. Cody Anderson, who the hell knows? A lot of unknown. Jordan Luplo? Tyler Naquin? Oscar Mercado? If you just keep saying the names over and over, it's Greg not Allen? going to make it. I mean, well, Futatorius asked about Leonis Martin, wondering if he's healthy, which he is supposed to be 100% ready to go for spring training. Is he on track to deliver another two-plus war season in 2019? That's another thing. Like, He's the one sure thing, I guess, in the outfield. The dude almost died six months ago. I mean, like, kudos to Leonis Martin for making a comeback, wanting to play baseball, all that. Like, you you don't know what he's going to be able to give you. Mm-hmm. Um, as of a few weeks ago, we had heard he was like six pounds away from his playing weight. So uh, keep eating, working out, and getting ready for Arizona. Come over to Pearl. Yeah. Eat a Pearl. You'll get there, man. <laughs> um. Yeah, polished off that dinner portion of Kung Pao Chicken for lunch. <laughs> that did look pretty good. Uh, I might have to get that next time we're out here. Next time we're wishing you can, someone else a goodbye. You can drink the sauce. It's unbelievable. <laughs> oh, as, as far as to address the question, is Martin playing center field? He's playing center field in the Against position. Against righties. The, the position that he's playing will matter, too. I don't think he's going to get too war playing right field as a platoon guy. Right. If he's playing center field... Yeah. Well, where's Harper? <laughs> Certainly not center field if you watched them play outfield last year. We should probably stop that, too. What do you mean, we? <laughs> yeah. We we should sh- we should surely stop it. Just getting yeah. people excited. Um, where's Machado going to fit in? Do you want to do a random Indian? Yeah. Sure. Why not? All right. This guy was an all-star one time, but not with the Indians. With the Indians, he totaled 80 games split over... The 95 and 96 seasons. Position player. 95, 96. Uh, was an all-star. Once. Once an all-star. 95, 96. Position player. Uh, 96. Man, In those 80 games. Wow. He had a 947 OPS. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. 
It's not Alvaro Espinosa. No, it's definitely not. Uh. Huh. Slash line at 296, 414, 533. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Was he an all star before or after? After. Uh, is it Jeremy Burnitz? Yes! Oh, my! Well done! Thank you. It's about time I actually showed up for one of these. Yeah. So the Indians acquired him from the Mets at, after the 94 season. It was Joe Roa Burnitz for Paul Bird. I did not realize Paul Bird was on the Indians before 2007 for Paul Bird Jerry DePoto and Dave Malicki and then the Indians uh, they had so much talent and then they like Burnett's Casey and Giles man. some trades that were made based on need at the moment they as traded Burnett's things that they actually just should have held on like at, the Sexton Giles yeah. thing all of those all of those come back to very similar situations where they were making deals out of desperation, not what was best in a vacuum. They traded Burnitz at the August waiver wire deadline for uh, Kevin Seitzer, Ugh. who in 22 games with the Indians in 96 hit freaking 386 he with was, a yeah. OPS over 1,000. But, came the, back the, in 90, but they were going to win. Came back in 97 when it was no longer. Well, yeah, they here. were going to win the division in 96 anyway. I don't know that. Like I guess they needed Seitzer for the playoffs, but they were that was knocked out in the first round. That was when they were they they went through the twenty five people at second base. Well, there was the second base, but I was thinking first base. They couldn't find someone to just stick at first base. They had Eddie oh Murray, yeah, Seitzer had, played Seitzer played first then. Yeah, they had Eddie Murray. Then they had uh, Mark Carrion who got hurt. Then right. they had a, they had Julio Franco who had, I think had gotten hurt. They just kept running through first baseman and couldn't stick with somebody, and they ended up bringing in Seitzer. So he comes back in 97 and in 64 games, hits 268 with a 694 OPS. Right. I don't think that trade worked out in the Indians' favor. No. Uh, they did bail on Saxon, Giles, Sean Casey. They, that was that Dave Burba trade, right? Yeah. People, <laughs> I've, I've made this point before, and people think I'm nuts for it. I still think the Burba for Sean Casey one is the one that makes the most sense because yeah. they were just so desperate for anybody in the rotation. They had Burba for average. like five years. And he was... He was... He twerked on stage. Wait, what? <laughs> More coming on that pretty uh, soon. I will never unsee the video that you sent me. <laughs> oh, um, boy. Yeah. I think in the next week or two. Stay tuned to The Athletic. Make sure you've subscribed. Um, Jeremy Burnitz. Well done. Went to Milwaukee. He was an all-star in 99... He had a decent career, 826 OPS, two, 315 home runs, and uh, got the Indians' Kevin Seitzer, who had the ear flap. He did, yes. Uh, of course, you can subscribe to the podcast in all the usual spots, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, a million other places. Just search Selby is Godcast, or follow us on Twitter, at TJ Zuppi, at Zach Meisel, and... We now have a Facebook page. Oh, Facebook. Yeah. I think my grandparents are on that. Well, that's why we have to open up to that demographic, too. You know, we can't leave everybody in the dark. Uh, but if you... They're going to steal all our personal info? If you actually info? still have a Facebook and you would like to follow 
the podcast. We will send out notifications there. More so doing it, I thought it would just be fun to have another place where people could interact for sure with the podcast. Um, so maybe we can get into some discussions there. Um, just be a little bit more. Uh, we appreciate all the five star reviews and those continue to roll in on Apple Podcasts and help us rise up the ranks. Thank you for those. We really appreciate all the kind words. And anybody that has voted anything other than a five star, just go away. Um, but we thought it's another place for us to kind of all get people together. Maybe someday we'll eventually get everyone out in one spot and can do a live. Hold on. Kind of something or other. But we've got to go step by step. Yeah, we've had a few people ask if we're going to be at Tribe Fest next weekend. Are you going to be there? Yes, I'm planning to be there. I'll be there too. Uh, So say hello if you see us. And yeah, why why does Channel 3 get a setup and. WTAM gets a set up and all these places get set ups. Where's the Selby's Godcast? What tent? would we do? What, what, are, <laughs> what would we do there? Sign Just record our podcast, sign on <laughs> Yeah. I had a little girl one time oh, yeah. ask me at Tribe Fest many, many years ago if I would sign. I think it was a like a game program. And I checked like three times with her mom, like, do you, you don't want me to do this. Don't make me do this. It's going to depreciate in value. I think Tom Hamilton had signed it and a few of the players who were there. Um, that was pretty cool. And that little girl grew up to be Oprah. Feel old yet? <laughs> um, but we'll be at Tribe Fest. Say hello to us and remind us or show us that you left us a five-star review. Yeah. And we will... High five? High five you and tell you that we have a beer. Uh, yeah, they're not serving that at TriFest, I don't think. That would make TriFest fun this it year. It would. It certainly would. Uh, so, again, getting back to Facebook, if you want to follow us on there, too, it'd be awesome. Uh, just search Selby as Godcast or Indians Podcast or, I don't know, I'm, you guys are smart. You can figure it out. But just trying to continue the conversation, more ways to interact with us, maybe ask us some questions, um, and continue to drop us a line anywhere you can find us. Any parting words? No. I think we've said enough words in the middle of your car in the middle of this parking lot, which I've now fogged up all the windows. People are wondering what is happening in here. I think I'm going to need to go back inside and get dinner from Pearl. (laughs) Wait, did you get your to-go order? I did get it. That's why it smells good in here. All right, until next week, we're out of here. See ya.